Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 5th. In today's news, Bob Woodward's new book, Royals the White House. After a huge upset, a black woman will now hold the house seat that once belonged to John F. Kennedy. And Bob Mueller says he's willing to accept written answers from Trump on whether the campaign colluded with Russia. But first, the big idea. The confirmation hearings of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh kicked off Tuesday as a bitter partisan brawl with loud objections from Democratic senators, the arrests of more than 70 protesters, and questions, even from some Republicans, about how Kavanaugh would separate himself from President Trump, the man who chose him. But GOP senators calmly defended Kavanaugh himself, confident that there will be no defections from the solid Republican support he needs to secure a lifetime appointment on the highest court in the land. The 53-year-old judge, who sits on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, sat impassively for nearly seven hours of opening statements from senators before he spoke for about 20 minutes. I do not decide cases based on personal or policy preferences. I am not a pro-plaintiff or pro-defendant judge. I'm not a pro-prosecution or pro-defense judge. I am a pro-law judge. The Republican chairman of the committee, Chuck Grassley, didn't get to read his opening statement until almost an hour and a half into the hearing because Democratic senators raised an uproar over a last-minute document dump. One Kavanaugh associate sent more than 42,000 pages at 6 p.m. on Monday night from Kavanaugh's six years in the George W. Bush White House, giving Democrats just a few hours to review them. Even now, Democrats note that with that, they still have less than 10% of Kavanaugh's records. They questioned Kavanaugh's judicial philosophy and even his honesty. Here's Kamala Harris, a Democratic senator from California. I am concerned your loyalty would be to the president who appointed you and not to the Constitution of the United States. Senator Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, said Democrats are just bitter that they lost the 2016 election. Ted Cruz, the Republican from Texas, noted that Kavanaugh has been one of his best friends for 20 years. I believe this fight is nothing more and nothing less than an attempt by our Democratic colleagues to relitigate the 2016 presidential election. Two other Republican senators, Ben Sass from Nebraska and Jeff Flake from Arizona, praised Kavanaugh personally and professionally, but raised questions about Trump's attacks on the Justice Department and how a Justice Kavanaugh would handle cases involving executive power. The protesters, who were predominantly women, repeatedly heckled the senators and Kavanaugh, arguing that installing Trump's second pick on the Supreme Court will irreparably end access to abortion and dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Senators will begin questioning Kavanaugh on Wednesday, and the hearing is expected to last through Friday. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Washington Post associate editor Bob Woodward depicts a White House having a nervous breakdown in his new book, Fear. The book reveals a staff that tries to rein in the president's most reckless behavior. Top administration officials, including former economic advisor Gary Cohn, would steal documents from Trump's desk so that he wouldn't be able to act upon them. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis vented that Trump had the behavior and understanding of a fifth or sixth grader. 
Chief of Staff John Kelly complained that the commander-in-chief was unhinged. And Kelly's predecessor, Reince Priebus, called Trump's bedroom, quote, the devil's workshop, and described his early morning tweet storms as the witching hour. Woodward also depicts Trump's anger and paranoia about the Russia inquiry as unrelenting, at times paralyzing the West Wing for days at a time. Trump wanted to answer questions from Bob Mueller initially, but his then-lawyer John Dowd was convinced the president would wind up lying under oath. Dowd finally sat Trump down for a mock interview to prove to the president that he probably would commit perjury in a real interview. During the mock interview, Trump went on a 30-minute rant full of stumbles, contradictions, and lies. That practice interview ended with Trump saying, quote, I don't really want to testify. And Dowd, apparently, told him that if he did, the president would probably end up wearing an orange prison jumpsuit. Dowd resigned the next day. Trump called Woodward last month after the book was sent to the printer to say that he had wanted to participate in the project, repeatedly claiming and then contradicting his claims that his staff hadn't informed him that Woodward had made an interview request. Here's a snippet of their conversation. That's okay. I don't mind. Sorry we missed the opportunity to talk for the book. Well, I just spoke with Kellyanne, and she asked me if I uh, if I got a call. I never got a call. I never got a message. Who did you Who did you ask about speaking to me? Well, about six people. Uh, you know, well, they don't tell me. Trump also told Woodward that he's a fair reporter who he respects, but he predicted that the book would be inaccurate. The White House initially gave a sluggish response when excerpts from the book published online, despite having known for weeks that it was coming. Finally, the press office lined up a string of denials from many of the people quoted in the book, while Trump accused the reporter who exposed the Watergate scandal of perpetrating, quote, a con on the public. The book is officially released next week. Number two, Boston City Council member Ayanna Presley toppled 10-term Democratic Congressman Michael Capuano of Massachusetts last night in a major primary upset that gives another big victory to the progressive wing of the party. Here's Presley at her victory party. It is time to show Washington, D.C., both my fellow Democrats who I hope will stand with us and the Republicans who stand in our way, and to everyone in the 7th Congressional District that change isn't waiting any longer. We have arrived. Change is coming. She's set to become the first African-American woman to represent Massachusetts in Congress, as Republicans are not even fielding a candidate in this district, which went overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton. Capuano has been one of the House's most reliably left-wing votes for the last 20 years, especially on issues of war and defense funding. But he couldn't keep up with Presley, as she argued that a young and majority non-white district needs a fresh voice in Washington. And she campaigned hard for the elimination of ICE, which Capuano did not support. All the polls showed a consistent lead for Capuano, who locked up early endorsements from Boston Mayor Marty Walsh and local labor unions. But Senator Elizabeth Warren and other key Democrats stayed neutral in the race, and the Boston Globe backed Presley. Number three. Special counsel prosecutors say Bob Mueller is willing to accept written answers from Trump on whether his campaign coordinated with Russia in the run-up to the 2016 election. That concession, which is significant, was disclosed in a letter that Mueller sent to the president's legal team last Friday, but there has not yet been a response. Mueller indicated in the letter that he may still try to press Trump in person about whether he has sought to obstruct justice since taking office. Some of Trump's advisors view Mueller's new letter as a sign of begrudging acceptance that he would lose a legal fight, forcing Trump to testify. 
especially once Kavanaugh is confirmed to the Supreme Court. But others see it as just another volley in a 10-month-long legal tussle. In related news, New York comedian and political performance artist Randy Credico will testify before a grand jury as part of Mueller's probe this Friday. He is expected to be grilled about his friendship with Trump ally Roger Stone, who claims he acted as a conduit to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange during the 2016 campaign. Credico says he's planning to do some impressions during his appearance before the grand jury. He's also considering bringing along his dog, Bianca, for companionship. You can't make this stuff up. It's another day of life imitating art. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 5th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.